And we're back with your pop culture pundit, Tina Griffin, for the final segment of the Counterculture Mom Show. Jeff Coulter, a former cop who was nearly killed in a head-on crash, saw the torment of hell. Bitterness and anger drove Jeff away from God for over 22 years. But Jeff's out-of-body experience brought him back to God stronger than ever before, and he's here to talk about his wild journey with us today. I'm Tina Griffin. You're watching the Counterculture Mom Show. And a quick shout out to my Patriot Supply for this killer hat and the 72-hour emergency food kit with a 25-year shelf life. Now, with food shortages throughout the country and more talk of skyrocketing prices this fall, now is the best time to stock up. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, get your goods, mention that Tina sent you. Now, we are talking about this week a series that's called To Hell and Back. I'm with Jeff and his wife, Suzanne, who's very thankful he's back from hell. Let's welcome to the program here today, founders of JNS Ministries, Jeff and Suzanne. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you for coming back from hell. You were headed in the wrong direction, it looks like, but God said, I'm not done with you yet. Is that what happened? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, the day that uh, I was going, I, mean, I had a, I had a bad crash in uh 2014 and uh, had a head-on crash and at that point the uh, wind was knocked out of me and uh, I cried out to Jesus and my feeling of the, the, that there was a presence at that time so was so strong that somebody was sitting next to me I I actually looked over to see if somebody was sitting next to me it was a, it was a it was almost like a sixth sense, and I and I didn't see anything, but it was almost like Christ Himself was there. I felt like Jesus was with me. Okay, so it was a good sixth sense, not as though a demon was sitting there ready to take you to hell. So hell didn't happen. No, not happen at all. Here. Hell didn't happen. No, here. not at all. I, I definitely know the difference, even though I was a backslidden Christian at the time. I I, I grew up uh, a very strong Christian, and I and I learned and experienced to know the difference between good, bad, and different. So <laughs> that that's about it. So you grew up a Christian. Were you walking with the Lord at the time of the crash or were you not? Not at all. I was backslidden for better than 22 years. I uh, rejected God at the death of my mother. Um, totally rejected God, period. And I was living in sin, um, alcoholic, depressed. I reje- I literally rejected God, period. When I became so bitter, I stopped going to church. I, I literally looked up at the ceiling after I heard a voice speak to me, which was the spirit. You can't serve two masters because I was hot and cold in and out. Basically what the old country saying is I had one foot uh, in the grave and the other foot on a banana peel. So I was living on the edge. And so I looked up at the ceiling and I said, then I will not serve God. And I meant that. I symbolically, literally, physically meant that. So at that point, I was, you know, backslidden and became more backslidden. It is, it's not like a switch you can just throw on and off. God's not a God on a shelf. Right. He's compassionate. And you can make a decision. Even in your bad decisions, he's still there for you. But ultimately, he's got to release you and let you go your own free will path. That's so true to make your own decisions. Are you going to follow him or not? So you are drinking, depressed. Were you suicidal during these 22 years? 
Yes. Um, there were times I thought about it, which was by grace in itself, uh, an act of God, because at the time, uh, I'm an active police officer. I have a 40 caliber Smith and Wesson on my hip. So at any given time, it wow. was a very easy decision to make, but because of that upbringing, I just told you about or my, my growth in Christ, my former belief, my faith, I didn't have, I didn't believe that that was the prudent thing for me to do. I, it, it, go, it went against my faith. It went against what I believed. Man, oh man. So you are heading where when the crash happened? Take us back to that day and then let us know what happened from that to how you landed up in hell. Well, uh, I'll let Susie continue on after I, I, I said goodbye to her. I was just going fishing mm-hmm. in a local spot. And she I tried to talk her into going with me. But at the time we were bank fishing, we were hiking a lot. But she was nursing a sprained ankle. <sighs> so she, she would have very well been in the car with me. Mm-hmm. Wow. But God's watching out for her because she's got to watch out for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. So a car went left of center and hit me head on uh, just outside of town. Oh, so, my gosh. There's nothing left to this car. Yeah. How did you way. survive that? Look at this. Well, it's, and a lot of that they cut away. But at the uh, same time, the majority of the driver's side and everything was caved in. I was pinned in there for over an hour. Uh like I said, the wind was knocked out of me. I felt a calm come over me after I cried out to Jesus. And there, he, he's there once again for me. And I, like I said, I looked over and felt as if someone was sitting next to me. And after that, a calm came over me. And I, I want to go into the contrast after Susie talks a little bit about what happened after that my experience in hell in the contrast that I felt while I was there. But tell them about the uh, preacher that came up. Yeah. The, as he was getting calm in the car, um, the first person that happened to come up was a Baptist preacher wow. who lived nearby and he heard the crash. He knew it was going to be bad because it was a blind hill. And so just the sound of the impact was enough to draw him out of his house to go to the scene. So he was the first one that met with Jeff and actually he is the one that called me later um, on my cell phone. I had no idea who was calling. It was just a random number. So I uh, didn't answer it at first and then they called back. So I answered it and he identified himself as a Baptist preacher. And I thought he was just going to want a donation or invite me to church. And then he said that Jeff was being air cared to university hospital. So that's all I knew. And that was an hour after the actual crash. Oh, my gosh. So your body's mangled in there for about an hour. EMT, do they life flight you or transport you by ambulance to a local hospital there? They, they life flighted me. Um, uh, we call it uh, UC, University of Cincinnati Air Care is over in this region, yeah. in this area. And I was actually, as a public servant, I was actually relieved when I heard the radio traffic in the background. Uh, I believe it was the chief of the fire department said, go ahead and fly air care. And that kind of gave me another rest because as uh, a local public servant, I was very familiar with their, their capabilities as yep. a trauma center. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that's that's a place to go if you're you yeah. know mangled up car crash. So. <laughs> you guys are something else. Okay, we're gonna take a short commercial break. When we come back, you're gonna talk to us about Jeff, how you went from sitting next to who you believe was Jesus in this mangled car to heading to hell because that's it's like you took a u-turn and we got to find out how you took another u-turn to get out of there so hang tight we'll be right back parents does your high school student have a plan for their future will they attend college trade school or enter the workforce the whole planning process can be confusing envision life academy is a comprehensive career and college planning service dedicated to help you navigate career and college selection financial aid and the admission process visit envisionlifeacademy.com to learn how they can help enter promo code tina to receive 20 percent off your first month service envisionlifeacademy.com and we're back with Jeff Coulter, who had an out-of-body experience after a head-on collision took him to hell. And now he's here to talk about what he saw and, of course, his wife by his side, Suzanne, to share about what she experienced as her husband was in hell. This is just wild to me. I know this stuff happens. Many, many people over the years have shared their stories. Jeff, can you tell us when did you experience hell? How did that roll out? Were you in the hospital, in a coma? What happened in that hospital room? And what did you feel and sense as you said in your info, you sent our direction, you, you could tell that your soul was slipping out of your body. Can you take us back to that day and what happened? I, in my arrogance, was basically wrapped up and getting ready to be discharged. Uh, I still was going to continue on my lifestyle of alcoholism and living for the world. After you were sitting next to Jesus in the car. Yeah, I just, uh, didn't care. Yeah. Didn't care. And I, uh, what had happened was I passed out in my wife's arms. And uh, the next thing I knew, there was a room full of uh, medical technicians in there trying to you know, get me uh, back to consciousness. Like he said, he passed out of my arm. So I'm trying to hold him up and the door of the room was shut in the hospital. So I was screaming my head off. I was yelling for help. Eventually someone came in and um, he calmly said, do you need help? I said, yes. (laughs) I said, he passed out. So they got him back in the bed. He was sweating profusely through so many pillowcases and washcloths and they couldn't control his blood pressure. Um, his heart rate was unbelievably high. Um, and so they rushed him back down to um, surgical intensive care unit to see what was going on. And they found blood clots, several in- embolisms. Um, and they told me that they were going to try and break up the biggest one, which was right on his heart and in his lungs. Wow. And so they sent him off to a procedure for that. And then it was that night when he just um, was still sweating, still fighting for his life, just struggling. And I knew he was struggling. He was in a fight for his life. And is this the time, Jeff, where you felt your soul slipping out of your body and you were heading to hell? I started seeing symbolism of uh, the fog and the ceiling and the ground. And I started hearing growling and laughter and started seeing demons and I ended up in a black void which I believe was the entrance to hell the chasm between heaven and hell per se as it says in the scripture but 
the blackness was infinite. The, the, the striking, the striking thing about where I was, was the complete absence of the presence of God. That's the contrast I wanted to go back to is to the crash where I felt God's presence. I was in a place where there was absolute absence of, it was no, no, God was not there. There was no presence of God at all. So it's, Jesus wasn't there. So it's almost like, here's God thinking, I'm going to try to wake him up, help him out, shake him awake after 22 years of running from me. I'm going to sit next to him in this car after a crash. Well, that didn't wake him up yet. You're like, I'm still going to go back drinking as you're about to be discharged from the hospital. God's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you're going to be headed down there, buddy, and we're going to wake you up a second time. Let's see how many times we got to shock this young man. Yeah. So my question is with the demon part of it, I'm blown away. I had four of you men on this week talking about your hellish experiences in hell, and all of you, all of you are saying a lot of the very same similar things. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Nothing's contradictory to anybody else of what you guys have shared. So can you share a little bit about the demons that you saw? What did they look like? Were they talking to you? Were they growling, making noises? Mainly just um, just just glimpses, really. Um, mainly what stri- the striking thing was the growling and the laughter. It laughter. was it was almost like a bad B movie. Uh, I'm crying out to Jesus at this point, but there's no answer this time. And I don't have that sixth sense. There's no feeling of someone sitting next to me. No one was there at all to help me. And I could not, as a person that was used to fixing my own problems and taking care of my own destiny, was completely helpless and completely alone. And I knew I was going to be there forever, and I didn't know what to do. Then I saw a blip of light in the edge of this infinite void of darkness. And instantly it shot in front of my face. Just, just, just poof, flick of, flick of light right in front of me. Just that quick. It was my mother. Wow. Who I believe, I believe was sent to intercede on my behalf. She probably put her foot down because she's, at least locally, she's revered as a saint around these parts. So, uh, <laughs> I know she she uh, symbolically, I think, was, uh, was washing her arm a little bit and looked down at her arm. And then she looked up at me and eyeballed me. She gave me that motherly stare, which I knew once I got that, there was only two things going to happen. <laughs> her way and me squalling. That was the way it was going to be. So, uh, yeah, when it was when it was anyway, I won't I won't babble about that, but. <laughs> The message I got was clear. Straighten your act up. Mm. Fly right. This is your last chance. You didn't have to hit me over the head at that point. So I prayed out to God. I said, if it's your will, God, that you take him, then please take him, whatever your will is. And so I basically um, turned it over to God, said, whatever you're going to do, go ahead and do it. If it, if you want to take him, take him. I'm not going to struggle to keep him here anymore. And at that point it was like, I was calmer and there was a peace and Jeff actually rested for a few hours after that. And so did I, we were able to sleep for a short time. It's so wild because another couple that was on our show this week as well, different situation, but the husband also was in hell. 
the wife prayed and it was almost like an instantaneous change in the room with her spouse, same as your situation. Mm -hmm. So while prayer works and sometimes it's instantaneous, we can actually literally feel it, physically feel it. I also want to attest to the demonic laughter that you heard, Jeff, because, and this is just a short little story. I was speaking at a purity event in Boston about 15 years ago, and there was a demonic something or another, a demon in my truck trying to steer my vehicle into a semi. It was late at night, 10 o'clock at night, forcing my steering wheel. And I put my hands on the steering wheel, putting all my weight to the left. And long story short, my now husband, he was fiance at the time, called me. And he knew something was wrong. He was doing a Bible study with some guys, felt instantly, got a call, Tina, something's wrong. So when he called me and I, I picked up the phone, trying to put all my weight to not lose my grip on the steering wheel, we heard the most demonic laughter. It will be with me till I'm with Jesus. But it was so demonic. It, it put the, I had goosebumps in the back of my neck. I was freaking out, dropped the phone and he thought I was getting attacked. So when you tell me you hear that laughter, I know what you're talking about. It freaked mm -hmm. me out. A lot of people will equate this to uh, a lot of Freud, a lot of uh, delirium and that sort of thing. I, I, I will grant that physiologically the body's going through a lot of things once you disconnect the brain from the body. Wow. But... The bottom line is, in the spiritual realm, let's put it this way. If we saw from the natural what was in the spiritual realm, we would probably all go crazy. Mm -hmm. God only gives us what we can tolerate because if we saw everything that was around us, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here or, or some kind of nut job or anything <laughs> like that, but the Bible is clear. It's principalities and powers of the air. If we saw what was around us, we would go insane. Yep. I completely so, Mm -hmm. I, I did want to mention that the, the chief surgeon of the hospital, after he examined my arm, I'm not supposed to have use of this left arm at all. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I've got. Yeah, it's it was mangled pretty bad. Oh, he tested. He tested it. And he just he's a young man, younger than me anyway. And he uh, but, you know, it's a it's a university hospital. He's a chief surgeon. The man's not an idiot. I mean, he's got more schooling than I've got stacks of books on my desk right now. So, you know, he's not an idiot. They do with trauma. Constantly. Yeah. Right. Trauma. He says to mm -hmm. me, my, he, he kicked back and he smiled. He goes, my staff and I don't know how you're still here. Wow. And he didn't strike me as being a man of faith. Maybe he was agnostic. I don't know. But he never, he never implied one way or another. But he was taken back that I, how I was still here mm -hmm. after everything I went through. Well, you know, you got to do now show up 20 years later with Bible in hand and see if you can lead him to the Lord. If he's still around, you could tell him, yo, you remember when you thought I should have been dead back in the 90s? I'm still around. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the, the specialist that, that worked on my hip that was shattered, he uh, he said only one in 20 survived what I went through. Oh, my gosh. Well, God's got big plans. Mm -hmm. And one last one. When I started going back to my home church, a professional nurse i told her as as in passing i was talking to her and when i told her i had a pulmonary embolism i didn't realize how serious that was she gasped <gasps> and stopped the conversation i said what 
I, I, as a lay person, don't still don't understand how serious that is. Other than I almost died, but uh, it almost killed me. Mm -hmm. But she, as a professional career nurse, she stopped the conversation with a gasp, and that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So that was three people that were professionals that aren't idiots and I, they're well well trained. You're a miracle. You're just a miracle. Okay, you, Susie, both of you have been sharing your testimony now for years because you decided to ditch the bottle and grab the Bible after your third warning, Jeff. Okay, it took three for you. Everybody uh -huh. turn in. You might not get a second chance. Like Jeff got three, you might only have this one chance. So turn to the Lord while you can. Yeah. Jeff, Susie, we're going to watch a quick little video now about what happened to you and how God saved you through this and what you're doing now as a result. So check this out, everybody. On April 22nd, 2014, everything changed. That day, Jeff was on his way to his favorite fishing hole when he approached a blind hill. I recall just a blink of an eye, him coming over into my lane. The only thing I really had time to do was blink. Uh, he come across that line, it sounded like a bomb going off, the, the airbags going off. The, the impact, the, the, it, it honestly sounded like an explosion. I blacked out. I vaguely remember hearing the, the car uh, skidding. The car had hit Jeff head on. He was life flighted to a hospital in Cincinnati. While in ICU, he had several surgeries. After one operation, Jeff coded. He says he will never forget what he saw after that. I passed out in my wife's arms in the hospital. I began to see images of demons and I started hearing growling and, and laughter. What I was told afterwards, my heart had stopped, half my heart had stopped and my respiration was off the charts and I was basically dying and uh, my, I felt my soul leave my body and I, I remember seeing darkness and, and, and also fog on the floor and on the ceilings. I went to a place where there was a black void and I remember crying out to Jesus Jesus help me Jeff then saw a vision of his mother she got up right in my face it was a younger version of my mother and I remember her looking me right in the eye and for whatever reason she was washing her arm now that could have been them washing, moving my arm at the, I don't know. As from a, from a believer's standpoint, I believe that it was symbol, symbol, uh, symbolized washing and for me to get, clean up my act. But she gave me that motherly stare. And after that, I remember zooming back and I basically came back in the room. The next thing Jeff remembers is waking up in recovery. One of the first things I remember doing was uh, find, grabbing the TV remote and finding a preacher on TV. I wanted to hear somebody, I wanted to hear the Bible. An immediate desire to repent of my sins. In the days and weeks that followed, Jeff rededicated his life to Christ. I immediately quit drinking and uh, I quit cold turkey ever since. I started reading my Bible again, and I started praying again. Jeff, Susie, phenomenal video. When I saw that, I knew I had to have you on this program. God is doing a miracle through you guys. 
You have several ministries you're doing now today, not just preaching the word of God to strangers on the street, which is absolutely amazing. And that's what God calls us, calls us to do. So you have jnsministries.org. Everybody can go there right now. And then you'll see a spot in there where you can click on Fishers of Kids on the left-hand side. People can donate to your cause. It says your support and contributions will enable us to meet our goals and improve the lives of our youth. I love that you're helping them learn how to fish and you're fishing for souls. What a cool tie in. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Well, you two have to keep at it. I know you're never going to be headed to hell again. That's the good news. And now I'm praying that this episode goes far and wide with your story. So anyone out there, if you know the Lord, you're on the straight and narrow living for him. Awesome. If you are not, please place your faith in the Lord today. Also, send this video out far and wide to your neighbors that might not know the Lord. Right now, the harvest is ripe. You two rock. Keep at it. If I don't see you here by this summer, I'll see you in the air. Thanks for listening to the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin on the Salem Radio Network. Check out all of our helpful resources at counterculturemom.com. You can also get our free parent media guide loaded with positive entertainment options by texting the word GUIDE to the number 55444. And don't forget to download the new Counterculture Mom app to get critical pop culture alerts straight to your phone. Parents, does your high school student have a plan for their future? Will they attend college, trade school, or enter the workforce? The whole planning process can be confusing. Envision Life Academy is a comprehensive career and college planning service dedicated to help you navigate career and college selection, financial aid, and the admission process. Visit EnvisionLifeAcademy.com to learn how they can help. Enter promo code TINA to receive 20% off your first month's service. EnvisionLifeAcademy.com.